Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Chunky Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on! From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We rollin'! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes reporting for duty here on a Monday morning. Excited to talk to you for the next hour or so as we discuss the latest in mixed martial arts. And how can the latest not be that amazing performance by John Jones at UFC 285? Historical performance. We're going to get all the way into it. There's so many angles to cover with this uh, baddest man on the planet. Pound for pound number one, greatest of all time. Mount Rushmore, greatest heavyweight of all time. We're going to get into all of it. And then Alexa Grasso, she didn't make it easy. We got to now discuss everything going on at Flyweight which is one of the most exciting divisions in all of mixed martial arts. Of course, we'll unpack the rest of the card as well, especially the big ones, the big stories that came out of it. It was definitely a huge, huge show for the UFC. And I want to thank you all as well for tuning in to our watch along this past Saturday. And might as well tell you that the next one, UFC 286, right around the corner, March uh, 18th, the trilogy bout between Leon Edwards and Kamaru Usman at the top of that bill. So count on that one. We'll be doing that one as well. All right, goes well. I don't know what other way to put it other than there is a big old pie on my face because I said Cyril Gon was going to win and I thought he was going to smash John Jones. I hate doing this because I'm not a big fan of when fighters say, I don't like to make excuses, and then they give us excuses. But I feel like I have to at least say this because I said this. Unless, of course, John Jones comes in with the wrestling heavy attack, nullifying Cyril's Gon's biggest weapons. Yeah, sure. Of course, we could see, you know, a whole different fight. And that's exactly what took place. As soon as John Jones got him down, I, I remember going, oh, I mean, this is he's in a world of her because I've seen John Jones mounted in that position where he can attack the neck or just start to beat you up. And, uh, and I knew Cyril wasn't, you know, wasn't strong there. Uh, it's exactly what took place and what have you. But I think that's unfair to John because it's not like it's not like John A has never done it, um, and that he's not formidable in it. Uh, you know. He, it's just that he just hasn't done it lately, but that doesn't mean that because you haven't done it, you're not going to do it again. Every fight's different. And 
he, I mean, absolutely just embarrassed Cyril Gone. I, I can't imagine what it feels like to be Cyril Gone right now. Um, you know, hopping on that long flight back to Paris. I mean, you have a shot to do something against the GOAT off a three-year layoff, and, and that's what you come up with. Um, you know, I, I've, I've rewatched it many times, and – he didn't do anything that was like careless. He threw a strike. He overextended. He was capitalized on it, and then John Jones just kind of went to work. And he's then John Jones is a beast in that position, but no one remembers all that. All you remember is two minutes, one round, one, you know, and, and that's it. I I think um, obviously he's upset, but I think he probably felt foolish more than anything. I, I do feel like he, he did something like I, I thought patience was the name of the game in this one. You know, like really don't give John Jones anything. Let him work for everything. Uh, hardly even throw any kicks early on. Like don't give him any reason to take you down. And he just didn't really do that. But you're right. Like you have to give John Jones his props. There's no way around it. That dude went out there and overcame so many things. We gave so many reasons why he shouldn't win that fight, and he just overcame them all and came in and, and smashed this dude. You know, he made him look really foolish, and that's not Surreal Gone. Surreal Gone is a quality heavyweight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you, there's just no way around it. We got we to eat our crow. Yeah, and, you know, like I say, John's timing was awesome. It reminded me of GSP, except GSP would obviously dump you in all in one act, which I guess kind of John did. But, you know, a lot of it had to do with just gravity and then John also being a big guy and being able to, you know, to drag down Cyril uh, Gon and, and, and put him down, uh, stay on top of him, you know, not not let him even probably go through any form of steps. You know, I think of Alexa Grasso and her getting her arm trapped in the crucifix position, but her having the wherewithal to sneak that arm out. And that happened on a, on a couple of occasions. Um, so she stayed a little bit more. How can I put it to you? I mean, she had the benefit of a round one going in her favor of her putting some doubt into Valentina's head by hurting Valentina with her hands before Valentina's came storming back and winning rounds two and three this one happened all so quick that i think surreal gone was like whoa 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 hey whoa you know like i mean you know nothing unfolded i mean as as much praise as i want to heap on john jones because what he did was amazing he kept he erased all doubt as far as who the the goat of mixed martial arts is and all and all that stuff that that belongs to him there's still going to be some other questions that come along you know dana white said he's probably the greatest heavyweight of all time no he's not this is his second match at heavyweight. Like, how can he be the greatest heavyweight of all time? This is the second match. He beat a guy, you know, that that one other person has beaten who actually became champion as well, had one title defenses, one title defense. It was Cyril Gone. But before that, I mean, he thumped a lot of heavyweights too. So we have yet to really get to that part. I mean, and maybe John will prove it. St- getting past Steve Miocic would be amazing. This is a guy that Ngannou is one and one against. But somewhere along the line, what Cyril Gon did and what Stephen Miocic did and what a bunch of others did, well, maybe maybe the early UFC guys didn't, and I'll get to that in a second. But you beat the baddest man on the planet 
to get that coronation, you know, to get the belt and to get that label, you had to basically beat the incumbent. Um, and Kane did it to Brock Lesnar. Brock did it to Randy Couture, um, you know, and, and, and so on. For Fabricio, you know, he took out Kane Velasquez. Um, Stipe took out Fabricio Verdum. And Ghana took out Stipe Miocic. But right now, Jones took out Cyril Ghan, not Francis Ngannou. Now, what I was going to say was early on, we had these arguments because Tim Sylvia, Andre Olavsky, Frank Mir, whoever was at the top of the UFC, they weren't really regarded the baddest man on the planet because they hadn't beaten Fedor Melianenko. And, and uh, you know, we, we, we couldn't do that, which is kind of what we're at right now. We can't do that. Um, but is Jones the greatest MMA fighter of all time? Yes. Is he the pound-for-pound number one? Depending on your criteria, yes. Either him or Volkanovsky. Um, is John Jones the on on um, Mount Rushmore? I I I would find it hard to to leave him out. I mean, if if we're arguing that he's the greatest of all time, why was he not on fucking Mount Rushmore, right? Unless your Mount Rushmore criteria states uh, can never have been in any form of trouble with the law or whatever. Um, is he the baddest man on the planet? I, I, I can't give him that one. Just because he beat Cyril Gaon and he beat him worse than Francis Ngannou, it doesn't mean he's the baddest man on the planet because the baddest man on the planet was Francis Ngannou and John Jones didn't beat him. And as we all know, styles make bites. I can't give him that one. Is he the greatest heavyweight of all time? No, I can't even give that to Francis Ngannou. I think I still have to give it to Steven Miocic or Fedor Emelianenko. Um, is he the heavy... Is he the greatest heavyweight champion of all time? No, again, Miocic or Francis Ngannou. What's the difference between heavyweight champ and heavyweight? Well, there's an argument that Alexander Volkanovsky is the greatest heavy featherweight of all time, but is he the greatest featherweight champion of all time? He's only got five title defenses, whereas Josie Aldo had seven. So that's where I've, you know, my colleagues have brought that up, and I, I think that's been pretty good. It, it's definitely been food for thought. Uh, definitely a conversation one can have. So can John Jones get there? Sure, yeah. I mean, beating Miocic will be nice, a nice skin to have on your wall, but I still think it all comes back to him and Francis have to fight at some point if we want to anoint him with all those titles. And plus, who just doesn't want to see that badass of a fight? I think Dana must have misspoke when he, like, he must have meant something else because you'd <clears throat> have to be a whack job to really, to, to say that and actually believe it with one fight, you can't do that. And you're right; like it's it's even hard to 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 do that with Francis Ngannou. So I think he he just he must have misspoke. But um, look, there are a lot of question marks surrounding John Jones still, but there are a lot of things that were somewhat solved. The way he would uh, can he get through a fight week? Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it appears he can now. Um, <clears throat> what's he going to look like physically? He didn't look that much more like, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. If you didn't know John Jones was coming from light heavyweight, if this was your first UFC event, you wouldn't go, hey, wait a minute. What's that guy doing there? Like, he looked like a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of things were solved, but a lot of things are still open to interpretation. And the weird thing is, like, you can always, when you're talking about these guys like John Jones, like Anderson Silva, GSP, they're going to be subject to so much scrutiny. And Let's be honest. Let's say Stipe's next. He fights Stipe and he wins. 
man, I mean, people are probably going to say, well, that's an older Stipe. Stipe had a layoff too, right? There's mm-hmm. always going to be something. But at the end of the day, you just can't argue with his overall body of work. Body of work. But not if you're just talking heavyweight, it's not enough. <coughs> yeah. He, uh, hang on a second. Okay. Yeah, Miocic is almost 40 years old, and, you know, it's not going to be the best Miocic we've ever seen. Although the best Miocic we've ever seen might have been the one that won those last two fights against uh, Daniel Cormier, which was like 37, 38, so just a couple years away. Um, getting blasted by Francis Ngannou, no shame in that, especially because he also owns a, a win over at Francis Ngannou. But I think if he wants those other accolades coming to him, as, as far as heavyweight's concerned, he's got to get through Miocic and Ngannou and probably maybe even one person after that, a Pavlovich or an Aspinall or whoever else. I don't know. Probably Curtis Blades, too, would be another one I'd like to see him. Then he's answering all kinds of questions. But he doesn't have to because to be the greatest of all time doesn't mean you have to be the greatest heavyweight of all time. It just helps that you won another uh title in another weight class it's not like gsp proved to us he was the greatest middleweight of all time you know he just won the middleweight title he went one and oh and that was it but um yeah john you know by handling business so easily so clinically he still leaves question marks out there how will he do in rounds four and five carrying around that extra body how can he take a hit from a proper heavyweight you know like we, 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 we just don't know. And that's not John's fault. He went out there and did things so quick that he can say, I can already turn it around and tell you I'll be fighting in early July. And that's awesome. You know, there's not like, I'll have to see how my legs feel or anything like that. He did claim to be, to have one injury out there. It was an injury that didn't keep him out of this fight. So I doubt it would keep him out of the um, Miocic fight, but he did say there was an injury lingering out there and he wasn't able to fully spar. Uh, he did tape up his foot. And they made him take some of it off, but he says he will not fight without tape on his toes. He's always fought with tape on his toes. Okay, um, but you know, I don't. Whatever. And I was glad, you know, I, at the at the end of our watch along, I kind of felt bad. I, I I didn't want to be a guy that piles on because so far John Jones had had a good week, uh, and I remember saying, "Hey, look, congrats, you won!" But please. Go to your after party and then get back to your room and then get the hell out of town. Don't revert back to that John Jones that just everyone hates, you know, the one that that uh, steps outside of his marriage and is in the law and, um, well, not even marriage, fiance, or hurts people, innocents, you know, loved ones. Um, and it's repeated, you know, because, cause, cause, you know, do we all have faults? Of course. Have we all made mistakes? Of course. But over and over and over. No, man. And then when you come back preaching that it's not going to happen again, or I found God, you know, it's just that that the, he, he's a public figure. He's going to get that. You know, if it happened to me or you, and one of us did any of those, you know, I don't think people would care because they probably wouldn't find out about it. And if they did, you know, okay, well, whatever. Um, they 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 judge us and and move on. But this guy. He, dude, his fans love him, you know, no matter what, man. His fans are some of the most passionate ones out there. And I know there's the McGregor ones goes and, and 
other fighters that have fans, but I mean, his fans are like, fuck yeah, John Jones, what's up? Like, they, I mean, they have, they yell at you, man, at these press conferences that they, they, they're just so forgiving of him for whatever he's done. And, and, uh, I, I find it remarkable. Yeah. He does have passionate fans, man. And, but you know what, though? Maybe he did lose some because if you watched Embedded, he did this one appearance where, I mean, there was a decent amount of people there, but there should have been a lot more people there. Um, I think he won over, some, won some people back again this this time around for this fight. But uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Like, you know, if I were advising John Jones right now, he can't be upset. Like, if he's listening to this show, he can't think we're being harsh. Right, he's done this to himself. Now he's got to accept the criticism when it comes, or people uh, not being sure if he's being authentic. Like that's just something you reap what you sow. You got to live with that going forward. Mm -hmm. If I'm John Jones right now, man, I probably obviously stay out of trouble. Get back in there and look past Stipe Miocic. There's nothing too sexy other than Francis Ngannou. But what I will say is this, and in full disclosure, we've already done spinning back click. We usually do it the other way around. And I think, George, you talked about this. You're not going to make money if you don't fight, right? Keep fighting because, really, he has the opportunity to do something pretty damn amazing. When you look at the history books, <clears throat> records are meant to be broken. That happens in, in every sport. But I don't know that people can touch what he's doing right now. And if he just keeps adding on to what he's what he already accomplished in heavyweight division, and that's capturing a belt. But if he can keep adding on title defenses, and then you add that to what he did at light heavyweight, like it's gonna take some kind of machine to come out of nowhere and break a record like that. I would do something like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, Habib, as great as he was, we just needed a little bit more because when you look at the stats and all that. Eventually, it might get passed. I think John Jones, if he beats Miocic, <clears throat> here we go again. If he beats <laughs> Miocic, and um, I don't know if Nganu, if, if it comes back, like if he does that, then you might not even meet that much. But yeah, guys, <clears throat> guys like Pavlovich, guys like uh, Aspinall, if he just keeps mounting those up, that's going to be untouchable for years. I think he's got. I think he. I want to see him fight Blades. I really want to see him fight another wrestler, um, and just see how he does. But I also realize that people that listen are probably saying you just want to see him lose. <laughs> um, here's why I say that because he could probably take Aspinall down and submit him as fast as he did Gone. Thereby, we wouldn't know. You know, we, we still wouldn't have answers towards, like, do you have knockout power? Can you take a power, a punch from anyone else? But if he's winning, it doesn't it's, – it's just really not necessarily because, like you said, the resume is amazing. One thing that I didn't finish saying, and I kind of veered off, was at the end of the watch-along, I kept saying, John, please just get home. Just don't fuck this all up. You break our hearts when you do it as people that are proud to be on the, uh, uh, covering the sport and – the growth of the sport, and yet, you know, it's what you and others do from time to time that just gives us this black eye. And I was glad to hear 
Dana even joke about it. He said that he told Hunter Campbell, book this guy a chartered flight home and get him the hell out of here. Because, you know, it's it's so true. Like, that, um, you know, he's thinking, I guess, how I'm thinking, how you're thinking. Like, this is more than – John Jones is more than just the game. You know, he's he's a big, big mythical figure in our sport. Um, anyway, he won fair and square. He looked awesome. Like I say, I think a lot of that praise is well-deserved. And, and for those that still resist on a few things – I'm with you, man. I don't know if he's the baddest man on the planet. I, I think you have to go through Francis Ngannou for that. Now, Francis Ngannou had been gone for a few years, and he just doesn't want to seem to come back even though he's healthy. Then, sure, you know, Francis, I, you know, and then I, I kind of wish from Francis, some, sometimes I think he's a little too tricky with his words. You know, Mike Bond asked him, well, he asked him about financial, and then Francis wanted him to clarify you know this whole thing with the freedom thing like you probably signed a couple contracts with the ufc so your freedom didn't mean that much to you then i still believe it's just the freedom to make a big old bag in boxing you know and once you make it will you come back because we don't think you're gonna win there but at least if you made money that'll help help you so that you know your next couple generations of your family don't have to ever have to worry about anything then then cool. Who can hate on that? You know, but I still think Francis probably just wants a big payday. Hopefully he's competitive in that boxing match. Imagine if he pulls off the miracle of winning, but if he doesn't, I think he'll come back and he has to come back to the UFC. I just, um, you know, it's that, it's that Jones fight. It needs to happen. Otherwise we're going to lose out on Fedor versus Randy Fedor versus Brock GSP versus Anderson. Um, you know, part three of McGregor versus, Diaz, uh, I, I don't want to lose any more of those fights. It's it's they're very very makeable, and this one has to be done. And and I think the UFC would benefit a lot from Francis Ngannou also leading the charge into Africa too. No disrespect, yeah. Rikis Duplessis. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Um, <clears throat> I think he has to come back eventually. Um, there's too much money on the line for the UFC. It'd be stupid not to do it. And the flip side of it is, too, like, you, if you're the baddest man on the planet, you have to want it, too. Like, you should be upset that a guy like John Jones is doing what he's doing. There should be something inside of you that says, I want to go shut that guy up. Mm-hmm. And eventually, that's going to flip, right? If he beats Miocic, then we're going to start having that talk, too, like, well, you should want to come over here and beat this guy. So there's going to be a lot of pressure going forward on on all of them, all parties, John Jones, UFC, Francis Ngannou. But I think it would be absolutely ridiculous if he did not, if they did not make that matchup. Yeah, that's why I hope in boxing, whatever it is, it's not as quick as Jones versus Gone. I hope even if they have to do something like Floyd, which is, you know, carry the fight a little bit, and they decided in the 10th round, okay, you know, I think a lot of us said, all right, well, McGregor went 10 rounds with Mayweather and he won the first four or whatever. But um, I'd like to see something like that for Ngannou and then for him to come back and just, you know, fight the fighters that are the, that await him. Because I, I just think that um, Ngannou's everything I ever pictured when thinking about the baddest man on the planet years ago, what he would look like. 
um, or what he would, how he would compete. I, I, this is going to sound silly, but when Thunderlip jacked up Rocky Balboa, I actually thought, man, that's kind of, that's kind of what I thought, you know, like what would happen if these two were to meet? like Hogan needs to play with this guy. Otherwise this guy has no shot, you know, but yet boxers were the ones that made big, big paydays back in the day. But, but I knew that a wrestler could really, really have his way with, with, with it. And then luckily the UFC came along and we started seeing all the other disciplines and then we got mixed martial arts and, or whatever. But, um, when we have an opportunity to have that type of clarity, it needs to happen. We have to have versus Nganu in a stadium, no less. Rocky represented boxing and BKFC in that fight. Because remember, at one point, he cuts the gloves off and he comes back, no gloves. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, So he's going to fight Miocic on International Fight Week. That looks pretty likely, right? We can say it that way, and if it doesn't happen, no one will hold it against us, but it... It looks like Miocic told Megan Olivia he can be ready by then. John Jones says I didn't take any damage. Dana hasn't filled that yet with another fight. You know, they're they're talking about May and the May card, and traditionally they have something in June, so I expect something in June. But uh, if not, this would be one heck of a way to promote International Fight Week. It's all too perfect, George. Something about this scares me. I want it to happen, but uh, these are two guys that are difficult to deal with. It, it's it's really not that far away. Um, it is the perfect scenario, and the UFC's got to do everything in their power to make it happen. But I think when two fighters know um, that they're like they're kind of both the A side to the UFC here, they need this matchup. I think they're going to make it difficult. I don't know, man. I really do hope it happens though. What about Grasso and Shevchenko? We have a new champion in the women's flyweight division, Vanessa, uh, Alexa Grasso, excuse me. And, you know, the way she won the fight was simply amazing. I have to give her a ton of credit. Plus, she survived the ground game. She didn't look good. You know, there was a closed guard for a lot more time than I'm comfortable with. But I guess if it had allowed her to neutralize Shevchenko or at least stop her from beating her up, maybe mission accomplished. But she was losing rounds, and she was probably going to lose round four before Valentina did the spinning back kick that missed. Grasso was there and immediately took her back all in one motion, a thing of beauty. Um, When has that ever been part of Grasso's game? Not really. We haven't really known her to have that type of of an attack, you know. Um, But she got it done. God bless her. Uh, And and, and now I think you got to run the rematch back immediately i'm gonna agree and disagree with valentina shevchenko i don't know that you could say she was dominating the fight i thought she lost round one she did Um, and there were things that happened in the fight that impressed me that grasso did one was getting out of that crucifix and the other was towards the end of round two i think or something valentina went for that throw that she gets a lot of fighters with Alexa countered it. I thought that was really good. So she had her moments. It's just that when she was flat on her back, she didn't really have too much of an answer. Now, what she did, it's kind of like what Chuck Liddell would do. She just got up. She wouldn't stop trying to get up. And um, 
I like that because a lot of fighters would have caved in a situation like that. We've seen a lot of fighters cave. Alexa did that. So now if we talk rematch, which absolutely has to happen, now you're looking at a girl who can say, I stood toe-to-toe with Valentina Shevchenko, and I was fine. Right? You look at her face. It wasn't that banged up. She landed a lot on Valentina. Now all she has to do is focus on that wrestling, right? Just don't get taken down so easily. And we've seen... We've seen fighters make that jump. Uh, look at Francis Ngoni when he fought Stephen Miocic the first time, and then look at the second time, right? So with a little good defensive wrestling, which, by the way, she went for a takedown, too, I think, towards the end. She did. Um, <clears throat> but with some defensive wrestling and good fight IQ, that fight is a lot closer than we think. And Dan Tom made a good point, too, on Spinning Back Click today. Valentina's age may not be that high, but the wear and tear of Muay Thai and and MMA is a lot. And so um, I think it's a little bit of maybe a small amount of slowing down, but it's also the division getting so much better. So I am in for that fight. I, I hope it happens in Mexico. I think that's big. I think the country deserves it. they got three champions right now. you got to make something happen over there. Valentina kind of resorted to her days of countering where she lets the other the opponent dictate the game. And along the way, she ate some punches from Grasso that got her attention, kind of made her more into a wrestler than a than a boxer. Um, but Valentina needs to realize she has heavy hands, great kicks. She did get it going at times, but I don't think she ever got Grasso's respect. Did, did Grasso ever look like she was scared of Valentina striking? To me, not really too much. Um, she didn't taste too much of it. She had a lot of concerns with Valentina's wrestling and ground and pound. But hey, look, man, to the victor goes the spoils. We must talk about Grasso and 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 what she was able to do. Uh, she was a huge underdog, one of the biggest underdogs ever, and and she cashed, man, like plus five hundred, plus six hundred for a lot of people against Shevchenko, who was minus eight hundred, minus a thousand, and uh. The odds on the second fight are Shevchenko minus 180, Grasso plus 150. So still a lot of people saying, well, we know what we saw. And if Valentina maybe doesn't make this mistake, you know, this or that might happen. This doesn't have the feeling of Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena. This has, And in that fight, Amanda Nunes didn't show us shit, whereas Valentina did show us that she could kick Grasso's ass. But yeah, what happened? We all still said, well, we don't think the real Nunes showed up. And, and then when the real Nunes did show up, she blasted Pena. You know, this one has a different feel. The real Valentina did show up, was beating up Alexa towards the end, and then got caught. Um, so this fight is really compelling to me. Yeah. I don't know, dude. <clears throat> I think, um, could it headline a card? Or does it have to co-main? Well, if Brandon Marino's on the card, Alexa Grasso's the co-main. If oh, I just triggered Alexa. If uh, Yair Rodriguez is on the card, then I don't see. Even though he's a heavier weight class, I think having a fight that's well, no, I guess he would be unifying versus Alexander Volkanovski. So Volkanovski would be the main event against Yair, and then Alexa Grasso would be the the co-main event because of the uh they usually go by weight 99% of the time. The one opportunity is if Volkanovsky gets booked against 
Makashev again for whatever reason, and they allow uh, Yair to have an interim title fight defense, which they allowed Parada <clears throat> to do it, then I could see her undisputed title having um, more weight than Yair's interim title. I think they could absolutely fill up a stadium over there. If you take two of those three, because obviously they wouldn't want to do all three, you take two of those three and then sprinkle in some other fighters, I think they could sell out a stadium out there, dude. Maybe. I don't know about no 100,000 like Julio Cesar Chavez and Greg Haugen. I think you still have to, you have to get to that level. You know what I mean? And they're getting, they're getting there, but I don't know that there's that much love for mixed martial arts over there that's still a boxing country and a soccer country. I don't know that we're there yet with mixed martial arts. Um, so maybe a smaller, like, 45,000-seat stadium like what they had in Curitiba, Brazil, maybe something like that. Maybe they have one of those yeah. in Guadalajara. I don't know. From from what I'm hearing, the people are going absolutely batshit over there off of Yair and now Alexa. Like, it's all over the news, dominating. Okay. Well, that's awesome. They deserve it. And Mexico is the type of country I've always said when Argentina won the World Cup and they went batshit crazy for the team, I thought, when will there be a greater celebration than this in the history of sports? I couldn't think of one. And then I thought, well, hold on a second. If Mexico were to finally win a World Cup, that would be tremendous, man. And Mexico has a big city in Mexico City where a lot of people would just go go bonkers. Um, you know, so... Yeah, I, they they love they love their sports heroes. That's for sure. Uh, I think we all want to see an immediate rematch, and it sucks for Tyler Santos, Aaron Blanchfield, Manon Ferron, and a few others. You had told you had said during the the uh, spinning back like, man, they should have like a Grand Prix, you know, like <laughs> the and the that's UFC, what it's all about. The UFC could to if they want a top belt or say we're going to give the winner two million. <clears throat> Or five million, or whoever, whatever it amounts to. I don't know, but they that that would be amazing. That's um, when you do a Grand Prix when you have so much talent that it just needs to unfold sooner than later. That's when you do a Grand Prix, and these are all. The, do you, you know that people would be fighting to get into this? When you go through the eight, look at the people that would be left out. So you'd have to have Alexa. Oh, here we go. You have to have Grasso. Shevchenko, Blanchfield, Santos, Fernand, Manon Fioron. You have to have uh, Jessica Andrade, Lauren Murphy, Suarez, Tatiana Suarez. Uh, Casey O'Neill is undefeated. Chukagian, Casey O'Neill, Tracy Cortez. Tracy Cortez is another one. I don't know if we can get to 16. This, that, so far, that's 11. Oh, Macy Barber. You want to get to 16? Throw Misha Tate in there. She, I, I saw her yesterday at NASCAR, and she doesn't want to. She wants to finish her career as a Bantamweight. Now, could you talk her into it? Possibly. So we'll leave her as a wild card. But Barber's respected. Miranda Maverick is respected. Like that, that doesn't feel like a force. Like, ah, you guys mm-hmm. are just. You know, giving us a few fighters here just to get to 16. No, I don't think so. That's so far, that's 
13 quality flyweights. Who am I missing here? Hold on a second. Uh, I mean, didn't Rose Namajunas say she want to go up? Yeah, but that that kind of seems like a. I only want to have one of those, which is kind of like a force, you know. So it's either Misha's like- going to be a force because she just told me that she wants to finish this amount of weight. Or Rose is going to be a force because I mean Rose is two and zero against the current champion, you know what I mean? In in Zhang Wei Li, so I, I I don't I kind of find it dumb to want to go up when you own two wins over the current champ. Now, granted, when Rose maybe said it, I don't know. I'd have to go back. She was zero and two against that current champ, which is Carla Sparza. So at at that point in time, I, I could see you know her showing interest elsewhere. But right now, it's the other way around. Um, but I, I have a list here uh, of UFC flyweights, and this will make it easy. There's going to be a few names that jump out at us, and we can either get there or we can't. Maybe we have 12 and four get buys. I don't know. Or or maybe we figure this thing out. Here we go. Here we go. Give me uh, a second. Amanda Hebus. Hebus? Yeah. She's a flyweight? Isn't she? She competed as a – she go back down? Oh yeah, she did compete as a flyweight. I think you could pull that off. She's she's popular. What's her record at flyweight though? Is she only want to know, or she's been there for a while. Amanda Hebus is now. See, she made a flyweight debut against Paige Van Zandt, who's really a strawweight. She beat her, then she returned to strawweight and lost to Marina Rodriguez. Then she beat Verna Jandaroba. And then she lost to Kayleen Chikagian, but now she beat Vivian Araujo. So as a flyweight, she's two and one. Let's hold on to that in just a second. I, I have the flyweight roster here for women's MMA. And we have uh, Courtney Casey is six and nine. No, she'd probably get left out. Jillian Robertson's a respectable eight and five. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I'd feel comfortable with her. So Robertson. See, they have Cynthia Calvillo, but I think she's T's dropping back down. JJ Aldrich. Molly McCann. Huh? We, we can't leave her out, right? Yeah. She was just on a streak and then she got checked by Blanchfield. So now how many we have? We have eight on this side, and we have our eight. I included Hebus. Uh, I'm not going to include Sajara Eubanks. Oh, Jennifer Maya. She was Jennifer Maya was a uh, contender at one point. She is four and five now. So I don't know about that. Um, I don't think we can get Valentina's sister in there either. No. Um, <coughs> probably not Luana Carolina. But everyone else seems to be okay. So maybe, just maybe, goes she sneaks in there. I could see Rose bumping Amanda Hebus yeah. because she's Rose. You know what I mean? Yeah. She could bump a lot. If she doesn't, then maybe you could give Hebus that because she's popular. She's very likable. But yeah, you could have a proper Grand Prix right here. Sixteen didn't see. Didn't feel like any of them were a force either. Now imagine that dais, right? You have them all up there. Dude, that would be so legit. Yeah. Jeez, who gets through all these? 
You got. I, I still feel like the strongest play is probably either Shashenko or Blanchfield. Hmm. Crazy. All right. Um. Here's the rest of the card from UFC 285. So we talked about the main event: John Jones, the new UFC heavyweight champ; Alexa Grasso, the new women's flyweight champ; Shafkat Rachmaninoff defeated Jeff Neal. They fought at a catch weight at 175. It was such a great fight that Dana White said he's going to give Jeff Neal his bonus money because they decided that was the fight of the night. Usually when you miss weight, you're not eligible for um, for a bonus. But he did. And he's going to bonus Jeff Neal. What I think he should have done was said, the rules state that if you don't make weight, you don't get a bonus. So Shafkat gets all 100 grand to him. And Jeff Neal loses out now on the side i can do whatever i want with my money or whatever or with the company's money i'm gonna bonus jeff neal but i still think shavcat should get his hundred grand because he had to go against somebody who didn't make weight and he should get all of those perks that come with it 30 percent, all the bonus money if this falls in line and he earned it man and he went for it at the very end still got the finish maintaining his record of 17 and 0 with 17 finishes yeah, it's it's kind of uh, when you think about it. I guess a fighter could say, "Well, what the hell am I going out there and and putting? You know, I could fight a boring fight if I want to. Why am I going to do that if I can't win the bonus? I get that." And the UFC could probably turn around and say, "Well, how about you don't fight at all?" But um, I'm kind of I'm happy that he did get a bonus because that was Me a hell too. of a fight. Me too. But I still don't think it should be one of these fifty grand that's eligible for other fighters. Because at that point, what I'd rather have is someone who had a great performance not get squeezed out and he or she get uh, 50000 rather than someone who missed weight and got it because they were in part of, they were one half of one hell of a fight. Because let's not forget, they were the half that lost too. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have to cut an extra four pounds and you lost, but you did put on a great fight. I mean, the flip side could be, hey, you know what? I just ain't going to cut this weight. I'll give up my thirty grand. But if I give one hell of a fight, I might be eligible for that fifty, which will offset the thirty percent. Like I gave away, you see what I'm saying? That's why I I would have preferred he just clarify and say it all begun. It all belongs to Shaftcat. He gets hundred grand. Jeff didn't make weight, but because it was such a great fight, I'm going to take care of him. And that's that discretionary bonus that he mm-hmm. sends the fighters, and then that way we don't have to hear it that way. But again, just to give us consistency. But am I happy? Of course. I'm always happy when fighters can make money. I, I just think do it right and don't create other problems for yourself. He wants to fight Colby Covington. And, of course, anytime you call Colby Covington's name, it's an exciting fight because Colby's awesome, man. Controversial, but he does he does put on a show. But as of right now, I still haven't heard anything with Colby Covington. So I, it's, I get excited for about half a second, and then I'm like, eh, well, we'll see. Dana says he's agreed to a lot of different names, but it just hasn't panned out. But yeah, anytime Kobe Covington, I, I definitely I love watching that guy fight. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, Matias Gumroth defeated Jalen Turner. He goes to twenty-two and two. Uh, he's won five of his last six. Jalen Turner, Armand Sarukian, Di- Carlos Diego Fajeda, Jeremy Stevens, Scott Holzman. So really, really good names for for um, uh, Matias Gumroth. But the, the Benil Darius one obviously set him back in, t- in terms of being a title challenger uh the Darius even has his own problems he faces charles Oliveira, 
But uh, this Polish fighter, man, he's something else. I like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good fighter. Mm-hmm. Rounding out the main card, we had Bo Nickel defeating Jamie Pickett. And another quick fight. There was a little bit of controversial because controversy, excuse me, because Bo Nickel kicked Pickett in the nuts. To me, it looked clear. The ref missed it, allowed the fight to continue. And that kind of led to the finish. Now, does that mean Bo Nickel couldn't have gotten five? Sorry, Jamie Pickett couldn't have gotten five minutes. Bo Nickel, five minutes. They restart. Bo Nickel gets a takedown and wins. No, it doesn't mean that at all. But that's not what happened. What happened was he kicked him in the nuts. The other guy's like, ah, wait, what, what's going on here? And Bo Nickel capitalized. Now, is it Bo Nickel's fault? No, because the ref didn't say nothing. Now, at the end of the fight, Bo Nickel said, no, nah, I kicked him in the leg. And I don't know about that. Yeah. I think that's when you just kind of give that coy smile and go, hey, man, my job is to fight. Talk to Keith Peterson. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I mean, Bo Nickel's a great fighter. You can already tell. He's going to get better. And right now, he's just so good at one thing that he can give a lot of people problems. But, you know, his submission game is pretty nice, too. So, <clears throat> yeah, if you give Pickett the rest, I mean, who knows? It is MMA. But uh, more than likely, I mean, look at the guy. He's 3-0. and He's on the main card. You really think they're going to give him a guy that they think he's going to lose to? The writing's on the wall. Um, but Bo Nickel will be a star, man, for sure. He seems to kind of get a little carried away with himself, which I like, man. But, hey, slow down a little bit, Bo Nickel. Like, you're – what is he now? 3-0, 4-0? Well, now he's 4-0. But that's what we told Sean O'Malley, right? And look how much money Sean O'Malley's been making. Yeah, I suppose that's true. But, like, literally, all I have to, all someone has to do is hit rewind on this show. And we go rewind, and we're saying – Wow, Shafkat Rekmanimov is now 4-0 just in the UFC. Wait, what is Shafkat? Shafkat in the in just in the UFC is um one, two, three, five and oh. So Shafkat's just five and oh just in the UFC. 17 and 0 overall, and he's got like nine submissions and AKOs. That's someone that can be talking about title shots and Kobe Covington and possibly being a go down the road or whatever. You're you're, you're just four and zero. Like relax a little bit, Bo Nickel. Is all I'm saying. Relax. <laughs> yeah. Um, the earlier fights on the prelims: Cody Garbrandt back in the win column defeated Trevin Jones. Driquez Duplessis uh, defeated Derek Brunson. Amanda Hebas defeated Vivian Araujo. Mark Andre Barriot defeated Julian Marquez. Ian Gary defeated Song Kinan. Cameron Simon defeated Leomana Martinez. Tabitha Ritchie defeated Jessica Penne. Fareed Basharat defeated Damon Blackshear. Lloyd Radzimov defeated Esteban Rebovics. So the 50 grand went as follows. There was actually uh, three performance of the nights. John Jones, Alexa Grasso, and Bo Nickel. Fight of the night, Shavkat versus Neil. So five $50,000 bonuses went out there. Now, could Richie have gotten an arm bar? Or, sorry, uh, gotten 50 grand for her arm bar? There's an argument there. This had a $12 million gate, fourth highest in UFC history. Why aren't all finishers getting bonus? Remember going back to last week? Goes? Weird. I don't know. Like, this is the it. gate to do it in. You could give it to him. You could give it to Mario for being 
for you know him and Marquez actually put on a great fight. You could give him fifty G's. Um, Duplessis smashed. I mean, whether the towel was going in or not, he smashed Brunson at the end. You could give it to him. Well, it's the most baffling thing that's out there. Is he going to take care of them all? Sure, maybe. But is it fifty? Is it twenty-five? Is it thirty? I don't know. Consistency but, is all yeah, we're asking where, for. Where is the consistency exactly? Duplessis, this guy's a character. He wants the UFC to go to Africa, and he feels like as a true African, he obviously wants to lead the charge. Okay, is he what he's saying wrong? No, it's not. He's from South Africa, which is part of Africa. But Kamar Usman, if I'm not mistaken, was born in Africa, but uh, immigrated to the United States when he was young. And so he flies both flights, Nigeria and the United States. But he was born in Africa. So he's African. So is Israel Adesanya, who now lives in New Zealand. And so was France Ngannou, who was Cameroonian, then went to France, then lives in the United States. So um, I guess the only thing he can say is, hey, we're Africans living in Africa, build around, build the cart around us. But it just sounds a little snarky a little bit. You know what I mean? A little bit. I mean, Jesus, and look at the guys that you're kind of like not making an enemy out of, but kind of uh, pointing out like, do you really want beef with those people? Like, I probably would have kept my mouth shut. Yeah, include them. Include them as part of your of part of your drive to um, get the UFC in Africa is all we're saying, right? Mm-hmm. But there's the headlines out there. He's being branded as a racist. Uh, for because Nganu and Adesanya are fake Africans, like I don't know, they, you know, like that's uh, did those belts ever go to Africa? As far as I know, they came to America, New Zealand. I'm going to take a belt to Africa. I mean, Nganu took his belt to to Cameroon. Did it stay there? No, I mean, you know, he lives in in Las Vegas, but um, it 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 just sounds like, bro, you know. Relax a little bit here. Yeah, I don't think you have to wake up every day in Africa for for that to be the case. Um, overall, the card goes great. Nine, nine point five. Pretty fair. When it's historical and has things that go down like that, they they tend to stand out. You know, like yeah. Um, I didn't think Valentino was gonna lose. I knew Jones could win. I didn't think he was gonna, but I knew he could win. Whereas I gave Grasso very, very little chance to win because I said if they stand for five rounds, sure, Grasso could win three two, three rounds to two. But Valentina made the proper adjustment when the ju- when the striking was formidable on Grasso's side. She said, "Well, you know what? I got this res- uh, wrestling game, and then I'm gonna go down." You know, and I, 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 but I also want to give Grasso props because someone who came up through the boxing family lineage that she has, you know, learned enough jujitsu that she was able to strangle a well rounded fighter like Valentina Shashenko. And she did it by cranking and putting pressure on the face, not necessarily going under the chin and choking. Yeah. When she released it, like you could just see the, the mark on Valentina, like the color just completely got zapped from her. For sure. Yeah, all right. This weekend we have uh, Davalishvili 
and he's going to be fighting. Oh, did you freeze? No. Oh, oh. Peter Young. P- Peter Young. That's right. I was I like, San Hagen and Vera for some reason. I was like, wait a minute, what's going on again? <laughs> I had to pose. And this is an interesting fight because these are top, top um, bantamweights. And, but it's complicated because Jan is 0 2 against the current champ. And Davalashvili is besties with the champ. So, what does the winner get here? And to top it all off, the champ's got a fight booked against Henry, Henry Cejudo. I would almost not blame Davalashvili for at night when he's saying his prayers to say, you know, if Alger were to lose, I wouldn't necessarily shed a tear. That way, he has an opening towards fighting. Um, Cejudo. Mm-hmm. Business is, as usual. He seems that, to be loyal, you know. You got to look at it as business as usual because that division is so stacked that even if Henry Cejudo turns around and wins the title, I don't know that he can hold on to it. I don't know that anybody can hold on to it. There's just too much talent. Yeah. And uh, I guess Ryan Spann and Nikita Krylov were rebooked. So that, that adds to this weekend's card. You got to check it out, folks. Uh, we also have a Bellator card, so keep it locked on MMA Junkie throughout the week. We cover the sport better than any other website out there, any other publication out there. So we're your ticket. And this is the MMA Junkie Radio Show, Mondays and Thursdays, dropping here on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Omni. And don't forget to catch Goes and I every Monday, spinning back click live, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, over at youtube.com forward slash MMA Junkie Video. Subscribe and get Ring that little bell. That way you're notified of when we go live. For now, we're out of here. Thanks again for tuning in to the watch along. Uh, And don't forget about the next watch along. Already booked, already set for March 18th for UFC 286. Go out and be a champion. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.